Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a special episode of the Comics Collective. I am your host, Dallas, and today I am joined by creator of Jellia, Monkey Meat, and the amazing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles annual from 2022, Junie Ba. Hey, Junie, how's it going? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I'd, I'd layer on a bunch of praise right there at the beginning, so you felt uncomfortable coming in yeah that was my main plan yeah, that, you succeeded <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming back on the show i'm excited to chat again yeah same how have you so for anyone that has jumped on since we last talked you can scroll down in the feed and juni and i talked a lot about his original graphic novel from last year jellia from tko it's an excellent book i think you should go check it out um how have things been since then juni uh weird <laughs> uh like it's it's starting to become a very like um what's it called it's starting to become my life i guess like at the at the when when i when i was making Delia, i was still very new to this mm-hmm. uh and since then i've been working with more and more people and companies and stuff and and i have i have i framed actually my uh, tmnt issue on my wall because it's that one thing that i i've been wanting to do for years and years and uh, i finally did and and it's just like it's become life i have a stack of comics that i receive periodically of like stuff that i worked on and it's like covers of wolverine and thor and guys like that and and the occasional short story or a few pages here or there, uh, while I'm working on my own uh, my own series and and um, graphic novels, and it, it's just it's really odd, I guess. Like there's a, there's a sense of like you're starting to get your mark, but at the same time you're still not used to it. Yeah. So yeah, that's an that's a fun place to be in, though. I always get excited seeing you doing more and more cover work i was so excited to see you working on ninja turtles yeah um what was that like to work with the ninja turtles i know they mean a lot to you um so the thing is i a big reason why i drew comics uh, and make stories is that i've been making stories since i was a kid uh with like action figures and stuff and I understand very well when writers who are used to working on um, on on licensed characters say that it's like playing with action figures, because that's a lot of how it felt to me. Um, meaning that I I have this like universe in my head with all my action figures, and it's still playing to this day in my head still, and the turtles are still present in it. Uh, except, so I've been making stories with them since I was a child. And and now the the difference is that I'm making stuff that actually ends up on a page and is being read by people. So you have the added pressure of like making something that is for other people's eyes, not just my own. Um, but it's it very much feels like a continuation. And I think the main difference is that I actually ha- had to like sit down and not just imagine random situations just for my own entertainment i had to imagine an actual story um and i spent maybe two months working on it maybe a bit more than that 
and the 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 big fun of it i guess is that you have to put yourself in the in the mind space of every character and the whole issue is entirely centered around the the, the main four titles and nobody else and so that means that i had to be in the mind of every one of the four at all times for weeks and that was awesome like i i i like <laughs> i like writing stories mostly because you get to sort of like play act and play acting the, the four ninja turtles interacting together is really fun like the the especially mikey for some reason he's the he's the softest one the most sensitive one and and so i, I find him to be much more fun to be in like Raphael is the most complicated for me because he's more raw and and angry than the others uh and i identify way more with that with leonardo so that well, that's why the story starts with him actually um so yeah i would say the the main the main fun of it was like being able to be able to be in their heads for weeks that was the best part i guess that's i like that a lot i i'm also a big fan of the ninja turtles and it's my youngest sister who's 12 now she all growing up she also was a huge fan of the ninja turtles and it's fun to just see how these really deceptively complex but like at their core basic personalities of these turtles resonate differently with people you know like i've always been a big fan of leonardo as like the noble leader that self-sacrifices and wants to do the right thing whereas my youngest sister she loved Raphael. she loved that bad boy she loved the hardened turtle and i'd be like someone's favorite ninja turtle says so much about them (laughs) and so i (laughs) i can't I feel like that's so fun to get to play with them because they are such distinct personalities, but they're basic in a way that you can still do really interesting things with them and still feel true to the character. Yeah. Uh, Do you feel like working with a licensed character like the Ninja Turtles was drastically different from working on your own creations or did you find it was more similar than you expected? uh there were differences the main one is is i I think kind of obvious of like you can't do everything you want because they have editorial reasons for why you can't use this or that character or you can't put them in this or that situation uh and and the same applies for covers because like i had a cover to do and they told me you can't you can't put this character in this particular position because you just can't and i just why (laughs) um it's weird yeah so like that's the main i feel like to be able to work on work for higher license stuff i like to i like doing it when i have um when it's a short thing and when i i kind of have something of myself to put into it um because like everything that i make by myself comes directly out of my brain and there's no oversight or at least so far there hasn't been um and and so like i don't i don't have to worry about um kowtowing to to rules that i need to follow whereas i think i'm, I'm i mentioned this to, to someone else in another interview so a, a few days ago uh the the thing with that ninja turtle story is that i had it ready before they even called me and it just happened to be there because I I had gone through there was a death in my family and I just imagined the, the, this idea of like what what would it be like 
to go back to the house and look at the rooms empty and and for the first time since that person died and that's how i had the idea of the story for the turtles and then i received an email that said hey we have an opening on the annual do you want to do it so but if i had received that email before i would not have had a story ready and i'm not sure it would have come out as good as it was um and i think it would have been much more annoying to work on uh mostly because i'm not necessarily very satisfied when i'm working on stuff that is um i want to say requested like when it when it's someone has a story that i don't necessarily like very much and i'm doing it more because it's a job and not just not really because i really find myself in it i don't have fun and it kind of sucks my soul out so i've been i've been ve- i've been very careful to try and avoid any job where I feel like I'm not satisfied and I'm not having fun and and um, where I can't really find myself in it. Because That's, otherwise like it, 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 it sets my soul out. Like I, I am I am depressed if I work on something that I don't that I don't find myself in for too long. Yeah. Do you feel like most of your work has that sort of autobiographical edge? Like this turtle story where you're drawing from your own life yeah yeah definitely like every book i'm doing every every story i write is based on something in my life even if i'm not aware of it at the time uh i'm much more aware of certain things now like the the next the next few monkey meat stories that i have some of them are based on my life and more on others are more based on like the world around me uh then the next the graphic novel that i'm working on now is based very much on the last two years and the one that that's coming after is also based on the last two years i a lot of a lot happened in my personal life so like there's a there's a lot of stuff that i that ends up in stories that i want to work on and i i guess it's a way of trying to make sense of things uh but it's also a good way to make sure that the work that i do actually means something to me and i'm not just making stuff for the sake of it yeah making art instead of content right yeah yeah basically like the the like we were we were talking about the harry potter movies a, a few minutes ago the, the whole thing of like the main difference between harry potter and, and fantastic beast which is that fantastic beast doesn't have anything to say i don't want to i don't want to end up like i i did have the thought of like jk rowling went from this woman who was struggling who made a story a very personal story about a kid and and he's finding his way into the world and it meant something to billions of people and now she's this rich lady who makes stories that don't mean anything to anyone <laughs> and i don't want to become i mean i i guess being rich would be would be nice but i don't want to become a creator who over, over time stops making stuff that speaks to people i guess i don't want to start making stories just for the sake of making them where i don't really have anything to say through them yeah do you feel like taking those messages that you want to share through the world those personal experiences and like putting them through the lens of fantasy makes them easier for you to work with and more palatable yeah or yeah yeah there's a there's an allegorical aspect to things uh i think it's also why i like folktales so much because a lot of it has like a symbolism in everything 
Uh, and the, the symbolism doesn't even need to be explicit or, or written down. Like you don't, you don't, sometimes symbolism actually tends to work really well when you can't even exactly describe what the, the thing is a symbol of. You just feel it more than you know exactly intellectually what it is. Uh, and that's a lot of how I work. Like there's a lot of, of stories that I tend to do where, the, especially in terms of like using sci-fi technology or magic and stuff like that, I I go with the flow of what my brain wants to do at any given moment. Uh, and I don't necessarily think about the logic of it, which I think is also why Monkey Mind is the way it is and why certain people vibe with it a lot and others find, find it really weird. It's because I, it's not based in logic or anything that really necessarily makes sense. The only, the only thing that matters to me is whether the thing conveys what I want it to convey in the story and then people vibe with it or they don't. But the, the goal is, is more so conveying something on a, on, a, on a sort of like feelings level, not intellectual level, I guess. I like that. So what feelings do you feel like brought you to the creation of Monkey Meat? Um, so Monkey Mean, Monkey Mean originally was more of a playground thing. It started off when I was a teenager and I was trying to learn how to make stories. So I was really creating a lot of different characters and trying to learn to draw at the same time. Um, and my, my, my ideas started forming into more and more like actual stories. And I thought, I, real, I, I basically realized that every time I was coming up with a new story idea uh, that I didn't necessarily know what to do with, but I felt compelled to tell, uh, I didn't really know where to put it. Like, it, it, let's say you have an idea for a story. It's not about anything that's, that already exists. It would fit in one issue, so you can't really make like a graphic novel or, or a series out of it. Um, but you really want to tell that story for some reason. And and Monkey Meat became a very good um, support for that because basically I could just make it into a Monkey Meat issue. The, thir the third issue, the one about the magician and the troll on the bridge, that one came... Like, I, I wrote it in less than, than a week, less than a day even, maybe. It just it just poured out because I needed it at that moment, and even to this day, I'm not exactly sure what it's about. Like I have ideas, I know it relates to like, like there's talks of like the effects of abuse in childhood and stuff like that, and how it affects you through adulthood, and and how it makes you feel like sort of disconnected from the world and all that stuff. Like I know I know that it's based in stuff in some stuff that I went through when I was a kid, but I'm not exactly sure where I was going with that story. I just know that. At some point in writing it, I was like, yeah, okay, this is what I want the story to be. And and it went into Monkey Meat because that's that was the perfect playground for it. So I almost want to say it's not so much a matter of like the satire or, or the setting being a, about capitalism or anything. It, it's not actually the reason why I made Monkey Meat. Like it, it was advertised as a satire of capitalism, but that's not, that's not actually what it is. It's just me using... Uh, an anthology format to tell stories that I feel compelled to tell. And then the next few, the next five 
have very little to do with capitalism actually the the, the first one is actually going to be very personal and i'm suspecting some people are going to cry but uh, anyway <laughs> <laughs> i like that i like the idea of just letting raw emotion out in into your work because i think the ambiguity allows more people to identify themselves with the story yeah right they can pull things out of it that you weren't necessarily putting in there yeah but because you're touching on a raw shared human experience it becomes more accessible yeah in that way yeah there's a um, there's um there's a movie green knight which i I I was I was excited to see it because of like the aesthetics and everything, but I ended up loving it even more so because of the way it told the stories. Precisely because it was like the themes were clear enough that you knew what was going on and what it was kind of about. But a lot of it was also left to your own description, to your own reading of what it's telling you, basically. And and I I love that aspect of it because it gives you the reins to to decide how you relate to the characters and the story and the messages in it. And that's, that's kind of where I want to try and, and put, push my work, I guess. I found the ending of Jelia a bit too didactic for my liking. Uh, and, I, and since then, I've been like trying to simply tell stories. And um, like the next graphic novel is very much like that too. Very much just, here are these characters. Here's what happens to them. And then you just decide whether whether you agree with them or or what your conclusion of what happened is. I think that's a, a smart direction to go in. Um, so, like you pointed out, monkey meat is often talked about as this sort of like anti-capitalist book. Um, what themes do you feel like you were trying to express through monkey meat? Um, so the big thing I think is that I, I, I basically use monkey meat as like a mirror of how the world is now. Uh, not in a way where I was trying to, to be all like pretentious in, in the sense of, uh, here's a, Here's a criticism of how the world is because I have intelligent things to say about it. It was more so here's an extrapolation of what it's like to live in the world. And then you make stories out of that extrapolation. And so the the, the feelings and fears and stuff expressed in it vary widely from story to story because every one of them is about some subject or some emotion that was in my head at any given time. Uh, like the, the first one, I think the first one is the result of me having a nine to five job and hating it. And and the, the story is extrapolated from, hey, let's say you have a job and you really can't go away and they keep exploiting you and you feel dehumanized the more you stay there. The second one was more based on the frustrations and the, and the insecurities of not knowing um, how to fit into the world and... and, and feeling like you don't conform to some kind of narrative that people told you you were supposed to fit into. And instead of finding a healthy way to cope with it, you, you just hate yourself and hate the world and you become a very vile person. Uh, the third one is me using a story to have some catharsis after 
um, a, a difficult childhood, and then like every every issue is about something, um, and it's going to vary more and more over time. Which which is actually I think what makes it interesting too, because like the um, I guess the the whole goal of it, narratively speaking, was not necessarily to have a bold grand statement about the world but also have stories about what it's like to live in that world from the perspective of all kinds of different people. I like that. I think the anthology format can, I can find itself being very rigid or very fluid. Yeah. If you only do the one thing, the one shtick and every story has to like bend itself to the shtick. Yeah. I think sometimes anthology can become brittle, but I like the idea of this anthology built off of, the emotions that you're having and the observations you're having on the world around you. Yeah. Because again, it becomes a canvas that the reader can find themselves in as well. Yeah. I try to approach it like that. The, the, I won't, I won't make sure that every story stands on its own and that Mm -hmm. you, you get, you get something out of it. Not, not in terms of a grand message, about the state of the world, but more so some relate some relatability to the character that you're following the adventures of. So when you come to to this anthology, you talked about finishing issue three very quickly. Yeah. What does that process look like for you, as someone who writes and draws your own comics? Do you find that you start to thumbnail things. You start to script things. What does your process look like? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't do scripts um, because I don't like them. <laughs> uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't need them really because I don't. I, I, I construct my comics visually first, to the point where I think issue three did not have dialogue in the sun, in the thumbnails. I didn't know what the dialogue was going to be. Uh, I just knew what the steps, the different stages of the stories of the story were going to be, and vaguely what the sentences were going to be as well. But the, the I, I I thumbnail the whole issue, no dialogue, um, and then I did the storyboard of everything, drew everything, colored everything, lettered everything, and at that at that point, like I think when I did the the, the storyboarding. Not even then. When I did the storyboarding, I didn't even have text yet. Uh, I think the text happened at the time at the stage of lettering directly. So I I I had to figure out. I, I went I went a little bit Marvel method on that one, and I I tend to do that more and more. Like the every every the first issue of Monkey Meat was a retread of something that I had already done, so I had dialogue for that. Issue two, I think, had dialogue on the on the storyboards, and then starting with issue issue three was just like I'm gonna thumbnail everything and then I'm gonna add the dialogue later. And and it's it's a fluid process. Sometimes I have dialogue ideas of like a, a, a balloon or two where I know that I want the sentence to be this, but generally speaking, the the dialogue and the, and the writing as a whole, the words themselves, happen way later. <laughs> Uh, in the process, it tends to be like that a lot more now. Um, and then, I feel like that's—is yeah. that just like an evolution of you as a creator, or is that just how you're finding yourself and with Monkey Meat right now? Uh, I think it's me as a whole, because I a lot of what I tend to enjoy the most 
is visual storytelling with very little words. And I don't like lettering. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so it helps. Like the, the graphic novel I'm doing now, there are entire sections with no dialogue at all. Um, and, it, 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 and it's half me wanting to do something in the veins of like um, Green Knight or Samurai Jack, where you have very little dialogue in the visual style of the story. But it's also me wanting to get rid of the crutch of using words to explain things to the reader. Because mm -hmm. visual storytelling is much more difficult because you, you, with the words, you have the advantage of being able to tell the reader this is what the character is thinking or this is how he's feeling and blah, and, or this is what's happening. And like I think the, the, the worst offender of this for me is shonen manga and how characters on the sideline will comment what's going on in the fight. And like you can see what's going on, but you still have characters on the side making comments where the comments don't really bring anything because they're literally just describing what you just saw. And and I don't want to I don't want to keep needing the crutch of having characters explaining things. I want you to be able to sort of get what's going on or not get what's going on because you just have the visuals and you don't know what's going on in the in the character's head. Um yeah. And and so yeah, I was gonna say I feel like that approach of visual storytelling is much more in line with what you were talking about earlier, with letting it be a little bit looser, not quite as rigid. Let somebody yeah. just come to it and feel the emotions of the piece instead of being having their hand held all the way through. Yeah, exactly. And like, of course, it doesn't apply to everything. Like, I have I have a folktale type story that I want to do later where you're going to have a narrator on every page and he tells you the story like like the folktale would do. So it depends on the story I want to tell. But by and large, right now at least, I'm in a phase where I'm trying to get rid of the words as much as possible. I like that. So with that visual storytelling, did you have a favorite spread to work on in the later issues of Monkey Me? Or a favorite sequence? Uh, I think the most fun I had was on the third one. It, it really is my favorite. Uh, and like there was, there were like it, the whole sequence of the magician trying to figure out how to pass the bridge and beating on the troll. I, I had a lot of fun with that, like figuring out visual ways to represent that that sequence, like the whole full page where the the, the you can see the color of the sky changing and and the course of the moon and the sun and different spells and everything um and just drawing him using magic like i love magic as a as a i don't even know a trope i guess uh yeah i really like magic like i i i i am very tired of marvel movies but i went to see dr strange because i like magic and monsters mm -hmm. uh, and I, I it delivered on that on that um on that aspect so i'm very happy about that and like and like i said i've been watching harry potter movies for two days Despite every reservations I have about both the creator and the and the, the world, the world and everything, the um, I like magic a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, so drawing a magician with a wand was very fun for me. Mm -hmm. I like that. So moving past this first bunch of Monkey Meat, what are you hoping to accomplish with the next five issues of Monkey Meat? Uh, weirdly enough, I don't have a goal. It's very much just I'm gonna do whatever feels right for every story. 
like the, the one thing I guess is that Monkey Min isn't supposed to be coherent in terms of like I I, I have an endgame. I have a, a final story that I want to do with it someday. And you already have in the first five issues, you already have some hints of it. Mm-hmm. You have characters who appear who already have uh, um, an arc that I have in mind and everything. But by and large, I, I want to use Monkey Meat mostly for for the little stories that I want to do that I can't put anywhere else. Uh, and and so, like, it's very much for me. It is, I, I almost want to say it is very, it's a very selfish book because I'm not making it for anyone. I'm, like, I'm just making it for myself. Uh, and and I'm going to keep doing it until it's boring, I guess. Until I, I feel like I've exhausted the, 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 the world that's, the world that's there. Uh, yeah. I, I want to I wanna have fun with it for as long as it is fun. And then when it stops being, I will just stop and move on to something else. Yeah. I think as a reader, we can, we can feel the passion coming through the project. Like I can tell that you're excited to be telling the stories that you are in each issue. And it, Monkey Meat for me feels a lot like my favorite bits of Neil Gaiman's Sandman. I always like the one-shot issues of Sandman the best. Okay. Because they, and I, I feel that comparison in my own head of Monkey Meat, where they feel like these isolated folk tales, like you said, that are building towards a larger, mm. that influence a larger narrative more so than are building towards. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so before we close out, Junie, are there any more things that you want to say or projects that you want to, to point people towards? At the end of this conversation, uh, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> the every everything I'm working on right now is half secret. Like I've been posting panels of the book I'm working on, but I'm not supposed to tell you. Well, I suppose people will know what it is because I've been I I, I posted the pitch for it on Twitter eons ago, uh, but I can't I can't say when it's going to come out or with who or anything. So right now I. I don't have any news. Okay. Well, from us, I will say, again, if you haven't checked out Jelia, it's fantastic. And go pick up the five issues of Monkey Meat. I really think that if you like our show and you like the books we talk about, this is very much something that you're going to enjoy. Um, Thanks again so much for your time, Junie. It was a really, really good time. All right. And we're out.